Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Hello, hello, and welcome to Spotlight. So excited to have you joining us today. Uh, In studio, I have special co-host guest, Rochelle Rodriguez. Rochelle, how are you today? Hi, I'm excellent. Good, you're looking smoking hot. For those of you listening on the radio, Rochelle showed up, and I'm like, dang, you fine (laughs) fine hot mama, fine hot chick. Got some sun yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Looking good. And, uh, of course, we have special guests joining us all the way from, where, where in California are you, Stephen? Los Angeles. Los Angeles, ah, California. Uh, Go we've teams. got Stephen. We got Stephen Memel. I knew you were somewhere in LA. I didn't know if it was exactly in the city or not, but I'm really excited to have you joining us. Okay, here's what I'm excited about. I was just telling Rochelle this morning as she got here, she didn't even know who our guest was. And I'm like, Rochelle, did you realize that the guest we have on our show this morning is not only going to teach us some amazing things about communication, he has also taught people like Drew Barrymore, Adam Levine, and has been highly involved in the Alvin and the Chip mug movies um so Amazing. he is a, a voice coach um if you go to his website he actually has a testimonial on there from adam levine himself and awesome. so um i and, and more than that i i have to tell you i've known Stephen memel now for a few years super great guy and He's really making a huge impact in the world, and here's why. Not only does he work with these celebrities, not only does he help these uh, you know, singers and, and voice actors, he also helps people like you and me to be able to communicate better. And of course, this is really important for me as I have a radio show, and I'm sure that I have improvement to do, but really for all of us, because communication is key. And I just had a, an experience this morning, and Stephen, you're gonna laugh about this, but it's not only what you say, but how you say it. I had somebody that oh, had, yeah. had invited <laughs> had invited a friend of mine to speak at an event, and I said, "Well, we'll have to see if he's interested, if that works out for him." And he said, "Allison, I'm just going to tell you, I'm having some hurt feelings because I really felt like I went out of my way and provided the speaking spot." And I said, "Oh, it has nothing to do about what he wants. Of course, he wants to come speak. It's just a scheduling issue with his kids, and um, just providing that clarity." He said, "Oh, I totally get that and understand." And it just reminded me of the importance of communication because. Because if we aren't communicating clearly and articulately, um, there can be a lot of opportunity for hurt feelings. There can be miscommunication. So I'm really excited to have you on, Stephen, because every single person can learn how to communicate more clearly. So... um, I want to give you an opportunity to, to say a few things about yourself here in a moment. Before I do that, I just want to reintroduce Rochelle Rodriguez, who I already <laughs> mentioned today. She's been on the show several times, and uh, Rochelle is is a, a beauty consultant who has uh, who works with Arbonne and has helped me a bunch. I used to struggle with acne, like, clear up until I'm, I'm 40 years old, really. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it hasn't been until I started working with her and found these skin products that my skin just looks and feels amazing. So and thank you so for being glowing. here. And of course, I love to have you because you just have a lovely perspective on life and on, um, you know, your perspective on um, what you've been through in your personal journey is so profound. Thank you so much. So glad Mm -hmm. to have you here. All right, Stephen, I would love to give you an opportunity. I know you've heard my show before, but I give all my guests an opportunity to brag about themselves. I've already done a lot of bragging about you, but I want you to fill in the (laughs) gaps. So go ahead, brag away. Well, well, you bragged beautifully. (laughs) And and I do want to ask, is it... 
Michelle with an M or Rochelle with an R? It's Rochelle with an R. Oh, and that's really good clarity. <laughs> that's what I was hearing. Yes, okay. thank Rochelle. you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, and that's a beautiful name. Thank you. Um, it kind of trips off the lips, you know. <laughs> yes. um, so, so uh, bragging about myself, uh, I, I was having this kind of this discussion about that very thing with somebody uh, just about twenty minutes ago. And, uh, you know, the kind of miracle that we end up looking at ourselves at some point going, really? How did I get here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know? And I've had a lot of good fortune. I've had, uh, uh, you know, the opportunity to work with people like Adam Levine and uh, Drew Barrymore. Halsey is a very contemporary name. Oh, that yeah. I, I, love, I love Halsey. <laughs> Oh, she's amazing, and and uh, uh, she was just breaking through and about to go on her first uh, studio, uh, her first arena tour, opening for uh, Imagine Dragons. Oh yeah! And so I was lucky enough to get to prepare her for that, which was pretty exciting. And Gosh. and talk about you know I hadn't thought about this, but talk about that idea of looking at yourself and going, how did I get here? We were at Center Theater, a uh, Center Stages, which is one of the big rehearsal stages where a lot of the big touring acts go and they lock out a room and build their whole show and and we walked out of the dressing room uh, one day and we, we were just looking at this uh, melee going on of people and lighting and all that and she looks at me and she goes I was just a girl with a guitar oh <laughs> wow you know yeah. I, yeah so so it's very funny but in any event I've gotten to work with really wonderful people like that I uh, gotten to work with some uh, historic people, you know, like Lauren Call, um, Mariel Hemingway, uh, Isabella Rossellini, um, that kind of stuff. But also I've worked with a lot of contemporary people like Jesse McCartney and uh, some rap artists who are up and coming, a guy named Quinn 92. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, just a, and I did all four Alvin and the Chipmunks movies with, uh, <laughs> over a nine-year period. And basically, every time that Justin Long, who plays Alvin, went in to record, I was in the room with him. So uh, I was present. And kind of funny story at some point how that happened may or may not be for today. But <laughs> Oh, I, I want to uh, hear, hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear your we story. Hear well, <laughs> okay. Well... Well, I have a friend whose name is Margie Haber, and she's one of the top acting teachers in town, and one of the things that she's really well known for is her cold reading and audition technique. And she truly is a brilliant person and has a very successful school, Margie Haber. And um, and, and so she calls me one day and she says, hey, look, uh, Fox called me and said that I know somebody who could go over and, and warm up Justin Long. He's gotten a little sick, and he's having trouble matching what he did in the first few days. This was right at the beginning of the first film, having trouble matching what he did because of being sick. So uh, they want to they, they hire you for an hour to go over and warm him up. So I went over there. I started working with him. And we, we, are, we recorded everything for the, all four movies on the March Simpson soundstage, which is exactly where they do the Simpsons and with the same uh, recording person, engineer. And, and also, I happen to be friends with Dan Castellaneta from before he was Homer Simpson. So uh, we used to 
do a holidays together, you know, the orphans from uh, from Chicago. But anyway, uh, so uh, I went over there. I did this hour with Justin, and I got him going. Um, and after the hour's over, the head of the post-production takes me outside for a second. He says, you know, is it possible, would you be able to stay for the rest of the day? And I said, well, well, sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, what would that cost? I said, well, just you know, give him a figure. I said, absolutely, sure. And at the end of the day, he comes back up to me and he says, would you be able to come back tomorrow? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> like, like, I guess, sure. Yeah, so uh, he, he fell in yeah, love with twist, you, huh? Twist, twist my arm, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, so, yeah, literally, it, it just morphed from that into... You know, four movies, nine years. When he was in New York filming, you know, he was dating Drew Barrymore for a while. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got to work with Drew because she was doing Beverly Hills Chihuahua. So I got to um, go and work with her for, I think it was a day or two on that. Um, and that was really a dream come true. Oh, but uh, but cool, in any event, they, cool they, story. Yeah. they were in New York filming mm -hmm. and they built a hookup between the studio in New York and the Marge Simpson soundstage at Fox, 20th Century Fox out here, so I could coach him remotely as he did his uh, work for Alvin. Wow. So, well, what, I, you know what I love about that? It really is about connections, isn't it? Yeah. And having someone connect yes. you and then showing up as your best self. Um, I want to I want to briefly mention, too, we've got some, some people watching on Facebook Live. Um, would you be open to taking questions if people have questions that are that are viewing? Unquestionably. Oh, <laughs> unquestionably. Well, good. So if you're watching this and any question pops in your mind, we might not get to it right away. But if you have a question that you want to ask Stephen then about anybody he's worked with or about communication, how to have better communication, then uh, just please uh, feel free to ask that question. I'll make sure and um, reflect that as we, as we ask. I have a question. What's your question? Um, sure. Drew, and Drew Barrymore, what is she like? Is she really sweet? In person yes. as well? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a sweetheart. She's Aww. a sweetheart. Okay. And, you know, I'm not going to tell any tales, but while they were dating, you, you know, I mean, you know, Justin and I hung out, you know, while we were working. And so, uh, so you know, you hear the usual relationship stuff, but uh, he was a big fan of hers. And, and uh, what, was, what was very, very interesting is Justin's a very successful guy. Um, and, uh, you know, he was sharing with me how much more intense the paparazzi situation was for Drew, even with as big as he was, but Drew, it, it was exponential. Hmm. And so he, they really had to duck out the back and do all sorts of things. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's truly a... It can be nightmarish. Yeah, you know, you know I, so, I had an experience I recently. <laughs> I'm not not near the celebrity status <laughs> of these guys, but I was at a big event. And we had some celebrity speakers, of course, and it was it was amazing. And I won a big award there. And I was trying to get from the stage of the event to my car, and there were right. you know a few thousand people there. And I just kept you know people kept stopping me and kept stopping me and kept stopping me. And I thought, oh my gosh, it took me like an hour to get to my car. And I thought, wow, this is a 
exhausting. I don't know how the celebrities do it, um, you know. So, and just having spent time, wow. I remember one time I was with Ter- Terrell Owens, and he was doing a celebrity appearance here in uh, Phoenix at the Larry Fitzgerald softball tournament, and um, and he was trying to get through the stands to a boys and girls club group, and you know he was he was doing this service activity there, and he couldn't even get through the stands. People were like mauling him and asking yep. him for all these autographs. And you you see these pictures or these videos of these celebrities like turning down autographs from little kids and you think oh what jerks but you know after being in that situation I really understood I'm like oh my gosh you know he wouldn't have been able to get to where he was going and provide the service to the boys and girls clubs you know had he stopped and signed every autograph from every child and so anyway, I just had real real compassion for that. Well, Stephen, I love hearing yeah. these stories about these celebrities that you work with. So, so Rochelle asked about Drew Barrymore. I want to ask about Adam Levine. You know, <laughs> uh, and, and again, if you're okay. on Facebook Live and you have any questions about uh, celebrities that he's worked with, or we're going to get into some communication tips here in just a moment, uh, feel free to push your questions and we'll get to them in a little bit. Um, but okay, so... I want to hear about Adam Levine. You know, he got he got the, the hottest man alive a while ago. Uh, uh, I think you know yep, through, through yep. people. So what was no, it like to work with the Adam hottest Le- man alive? Gosh, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. He he is a passionate believer in what he does. He's very very committed to his work, and uh, he you know if you've watched him on on The Voice, he he doesn't monkey around. I mean, yes, he plays around. He's got a sense of humor. But he cares deeply about his art, and he's, he's passionate mm-hmm. as an artist. And when you see people who really, really got the stuff, they got the stuff before they're famous. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the passion is there, the commitment is there, the, the burning desire is there. And then things unfold, and now that burning desire is being witnessed by a tremendous amount more people. And that's actually one of the things that makes somebody very, very attractive when, um, when they are so invested deeply and there's not a sense of, I'm doing this for you. And that doesn't mean uh, that they're forgetting about their audience, but actually the 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 more you focus on doing the thing that you're there to do, which is to communicate this authentic experience um, without trying to pander to what you think this person's going to think or that person's going to think or whatever, mm-hmm. it, you know, the more you do that, the more attractive and compelling you become because you're of one mind. Mm-hmm. You're, you're focused and, and that radiates off you. And wow. that, that, draws people in it's like a vortex of energy so so i think that's definitely one of the qualities that adam has that makes him so compelling yeah well i appreciate you bringing that up and saying that and um, i'd love hearing about these celebrities but we've only got about two minutes till our first break and i want to hear about you Stephen. how did you get into doing this i mean like you were talking about Halsey, you know, just a girl with a guitar, right? And she wakes up one day and, and performs on stage in this huge center in front of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people. 
what what was your journey, just briefly, in 90 seconds to two minutes? How did you get into what you're doing? Did you just wake up one day and say, I want to be a voice coach to <laughs> these famous celebrities? Well, what, it what was happened? an accident, like most, like most people will tell you at some level an accident, but not. Um, it's all the preparation you did. But, um, you know, I was just a person who naturally figured things out. I'm a dancer also, and so in high school, I would figure out the dance step before... Uh, other people, and so I'd take a group off into the corner who saw that I could do it, and I'd break it down for them. Um, and so that was just a part of my nature, and I guess that was seen because as I would study, you know, uh, I mean, uh, my first time really teaching on a professional level was when I was 19. I was at UCLA. Um, I was taking a beginning voice class mm-hmm. as a gimme couple of units to graduate, and uh, we had to sing on the first day, and the teacher says, what are you doing in this class after I sing? And I was honest. I said, I need the unit. So she knew who my teacher was, and so she said, on the day that I split up the men and the women, I'm going to give you a classroom. You teach the men. If I teach the women, and if you're okay with that, you can stay in the class. Well, come on. But I am still trying to find the names and addresses of everybody that was in that class so I can make a formal apology for my lack of knowledge <laughs> and any emotional or technical damage that I did during that time of unbelievable ignorance. Um, but that, that's how it was. And then I go study with another teacher uh, in New York who was very, worked with a ton of Broadway people and he then asked me to teach his overflow, and then I worked with an acting teacher who was Kevin Klein's acting teacher, and he had all these other stars, and and he asked me to work with them on their speaking, actors on their speaking voices, and and it was just, I kept trying to avoid it until many years later, uh, after doing a lot of performing in between, because I was a very active performer and did a lot of stuff. Um, in a lot of different areas. Um, the girl down the street, her, her mom and the little girl who was seven years old and had one of those kind of husky voices, so she got a lot of voiceover work. She was a great singer, and they asked me to teach, and I said, I give up. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> and this I hung out my shield. Yeah, I, you know, I love. Yeah, I love. I love that journey and that story. I've been thinking a lot about flow and going with the flow, and it seemed like this just everything flowed in your life to teaching and to instructing and and to teaching yeah. people about the voice. So I'm really excited because after this break, you're actually going to give us some tips on using our voice and communication uh, to help communicate more clearly with other people. And we actually have a surprise for you. Do you know Lori Richens, who is a new client of yours? She actually does one of our segments on the radio yes, show. Family. And so she, she's oh, really? going to be doing this segment, but she'll be on yes. here too. And, and I want to <clears> mention this too, because um, Stephen has been so gracious. The reason why Lori is working with Stephen is he actually did a training call for some of my media training students a while ago, and Lori got connected with him. Um, and because Stephen and I are good friends, he has offered uh, to to provide classes to some of my students. And I asked him if there were people interested that were listening to this radio show, if he would be willing to do that as well. And he said yes. So um, you actually can hear at the end of the show uh, how you might even have an opportunity to work 
work with the person who worked with Drew Barrymore and Adam Levine. And by the way, it's like for um, almost nothing. <laughs> so wow. I know. So <laughs> I, I feel really uh, grateful, uh, Stephen, for your friendship and your willing uh, willingness to share your knowledge with others. So when we come back. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. When we come back uh, after break, we're going to hear more from Stephen, learn about some really great communication tips, and then hear from one of his students who's been doing our segment on this show called Family First, and her name's Lori Richens. We'll be right back. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Are you ready to be fabulous? You know, science has proven that women thrive in a tribe together. And now we invite you to join two fierce females, otherwise known as Sheila and Sarah, as they help you take the journey from flat to fabulous. It's fun, terrific stories and wise insight every week. Take better control of your life. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time for Life from Flat to Fabulous on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Create happiness now. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Zofia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Zofia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. I just turned up my microphone a little bit. We had a couple people on Facebook Live saying they could hear our guest caller, but uh, we're having a little trouble hearing us. So we just turned up our microphones. Hopefully that helps. Uh, For those of you joining us, we have today... A, uh, a just a real treat. Stephen Memmel's joining us from Los Angeles. Uh, he is a voice coach. He's worked with people like Drew Barrymore, Adam Levine, um, Justin Long, so many other incredible people, and just is a really amazing guy. So, uh, Rochelle, I wanted you to weigh in. I know you had a couple of thoughts and a question. So, um, what what are your thoughts having in hearing Stephen's background and and uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's just amazing and how you were talking about just kind of like ignorance, ignorance on fire and just going with it and being authentic with Mm. it. 
I love that part of it. And I, and I actually have a question because I, um, I work with men and I work with women. And um, can you hear? Okay, we can turn it up. Yes. Uh, and uh, I think it's really fascinating the differences between the two. And I would like to know a little bit more about your thoughts on that. How does it differ, oh, okay. you know, coaching um, a female versus a male and, and the differences in the uh, intric- <laughs> all, all of the different uh, um, variations that come with that? Great question, sure, you say. Sure. <laughs> um, and, and in what capacity do you coach men, both men and women? Uh, in my um, multi-level marketing business. Aha, uh-huh, okay. Um, all right, I've, I have a long history in multi-level marketing, nice. so I understand that business well. Um, I'm not presently doing anything, but, but I, I get it. And, but you're going to uh, join my team, you, you right? Know, <laughs> yeah, you're going to join my team? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So okay, cool. um, there, there are some really startling differences and some very uh, uh, significant challenges that uh, live with both people. Um, you know, uh, more women study than men, and I think that's just because of an openness, and that's not categorically always true, but a lot of guys have, um, can still tend to have, I know how to do it myself, you know, type of uh, attitude or, or ethic. Yeah. But the people who end up studying with me have less of that. They want to know. And there's a lot of hunger and a lot of passion, so that's good. Um, I think speaking about some of the real challenges that I've noticed as patterns for especially successful, powerful women uh, is, has a lot of value. And I'm actually going to be uh, creating some materials and possibly even an event just for women because of some of this. And um, the, the fact is that uh, there's still such a cultural bias against women showing the ugly side and having to be good and having to behave and all that, that uh, that can be undermining. And also the relationship to uh, some of this still true, but somewhat mythological, that men don't like smart women uh, or strong women. And I think those are a lot of idiot guys who try to strong women. <laughs> Amen. Smart women. Amen. Well, you know, but, but none it is. of my friends are like that. Yeah. You know, like Ashton Kutcher said in one speech, you know, I think the brain is probably the sexiest organ there is. Um, yeah. And but, then, uh, Stephen, uh, right? we just need the strong, smart women just need stronger, smarter men, right? Or as, strong, as smart, well, but stronger. Yeah. We need that. <laughs> and, and that right? tales, dovetails back, which I won't digress into, but dovetails back to your talking, Allison, about the person trying to get through the cl- crowd and communication. So remind me right. about that if there's time. Yeah. But, but what happens is uh, women will undermine their voices a lot, and they'll start speaking higher and lighter when yeah. they get into um, a, an environment where sometimes where there's men um, and, and they're fighting for that. Uh, the alternative is being overly aggressive. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about male energy and female energy and, or, or power, you know, male power yeah. and female power. I, I, I think that needs to be redefined yeah. because a male power seems to be defined as uh, 
abrasive, uh, aggressive, uh, bull in a china shop. And that to me is not power. That's weakness. Yeah, it's, uh, it's power is. Right. Go ahead. Well, no, I want to hear what your definition of power is. First. Uh, <laughs> we were like waiting is, for that. <laughs> is when somebody is has clarity about their boundaries, understands that there are boundaries that they can set, and is capable of holding it in a loving manner, but strong manner. And that's that's how you have power. You don't need to be dominating. Yeah. to have power. Wow. Um, I, I, I completely agree, and I think there's different ways to communicate. Uh, one of the things, I'm not gifted with a naturally loud voice. Uh, I, I can get louder. I can project my voice, but I don't have one of those booming voices. And so what I've learned is just um, I can still be powerful and be in my feminine energy. Some of the most powerful times are the times I start speaking more softly, are the times that yes. I'm quiet right. and still. And that's actually what commands attention more than the yelling and trying to get it. So really fascinating. I, I want to. I don't want to go too much longer on this topic because we've got Lori Richens on. I want to bring her on in just a couple minutes. Before we do, Stephen, I know you had some tips that you wanted to share with us. So could you take a couple of moments and uh, just share those tips? I asked you to come prepared uh, with some things that you thought the audience might find helpful when it comes to communication. So love to hear what those are. Yes. Yes, and it actually relates to what you were just talking about, which I think is good. It's an extrapolation of that. We tend to think we have a soft voice or a loud voice, or um, we categorize, categorize what comes out of us as what we have, and that's not necessarily the case, because there's two things operating. There's the player, and there's the instrument. You can have the greatest piano in the world, but if somebody doesn't know how to play it, they may only get chopsticks out of it. Whereas it doesn't change the fact that the piano has this massive range and massive possibility of dynamics. So I like to reorient the uh, things to the point where you're saying, I don't use my voice in a loud manner. But that doesn't mean you're not capable of using it very differently and more powerfully than you do. And this goes for everybody to a certain extent in their own area. But one of the biggest challenges, first of all, it's about muscles that change your voice. And, and this comes to a real quick fix that everybody can play with. It's about muscles that change the sound of your voice. Um, and anything, any muscular activity that you're having to learn a new coordination to do in and of itself is a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, you're learning how to type. Your fingers don't want to move, you know, I mean, et cetera. Now, if you add to that the other internal pieces, like the fact that we have what we uh, think of as a vo vocal identity, the mm -hmm. when you make a different sound other than you've gotten used to, you think, that's not me. Right. Even though you're making it. So, so... If you're already trying to physically change something, but there's a rebellion on possibly an unconscious level of, but that's not me, even though people hearing it wouldn't hear the massive change that you experience, they would hear something better. There's the, that's not me, that's fighting with trying to do the new thing. And then there's the aesthetic that might think of the new sound as ugly or unattractive or violating 
uh, because a lot of people don't become louder because they unconsciously have an unwritten contract that um, they're going to violate people's space. And yeah. it's, um, it's unattractive and, and rude. Well, here's what so, I love about what you're saying, because what you're really telling us, and I believe this is, area, this is true in all areas of our life, is that we have to change our mindset first. We have to huh? step out of limiting belief and change the ideas or the limits or the labels that we've placed on ourselves. Well, I'm not a loud speaker. Oh, well, speaking loudly will be rude right. to other people. I need to be soft-spoken. You know, we've heard that saying, maybe we're told as children, you know, better seen, not heard. Yeah heard or you, you be quiet you're being too loud and for whatever Especially reason for women yeah and for whatever reason we have these stories around our head so what i love about what you're saying is before you can actually exercise the muscle the physical muscle you have to exercise that mental muscle you have to reframe right. what you think about yourself and step into a new possibility so so i really exactly. like that really really exactly like that. and and, uh, you know, I know you want to get Lori on, and I want her to have her time, so I'll just say one more thing around that, which is that that relates back to what you said about communication and whether you're clearing your communication or not. Because um, if you, uh, even if you change your mindset, if you don't have the communication, the words through which to express that new uh, voice that knew you, that knew you coming into the world, then you're going to be stopped there, too. So it's a combination of the internal mindset, the physical rearrangement, which is challenging in and of itself, and then the words that can provide the avenue for all this to meet the world and make the communication that you desire to make. Yeah, that's beautiful. I was just listening to a story the other day about a journalist. He actually grew up in the projects uh, in Chicago, uh, an African-American gentleman, and he ended up by you know beating all odds and gaining a scholarship to a predominantly white Ivy League school. And he became roommates with somebody who came from a very prestigious family and um, very, very wealthy, very, you know, he'd gone to private schools his whole life, had private tutors. And when they became roommates, Roommates, this African-American man expressed to his roommate, he said, I want to be a journalist. And he said, well, if you're going to be a journalist, you need to expand your vocabulary so that you can right. better communicate. And so every single day he looked up a new word in the dictionary and taught it to his roommate or, you know, he already knew the word, but had his roommate look it up and had him use that in his vocabulary. And they were roommates for four years. And at the end of the four years, wow. the gentleman said that his vocabulary expanded so much and he actually now is one of the um, most famous uh, broadcasters, works for a very uh, prestigious news station, but I just wanted to share that story because that's so true. Everything you're saying is so true. You you can you know learn these techniques, but if you don't have the mindset, if you don't have the vocabulary, it's hard to communicate. Um, we've got a comment here. Um, if you uh, can't honestly feel and say the words, don't try singing them. That's interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. if you can't honestly feel and say them. I'm sure there's a whole bunch more that has to do with mindset and emotion when it comes to communication as well. Um, before we get deeper into that... And I wholeheartedly agree with that, mm -hmm. by the way. Oh, okay, great, great. Um, before we get too much more into that, um, I, I want to introduce somebody who does our family first segment. And when we're talking about communicating, I think... 
communicating with the, the people we love is so important. And of course, there's still opportunities for, for hurt feelings. And it doesn't mean relationships are ever going to be perfect, but it sure is going to put the odds in your favor when you're able to communicate clearly. Um, Lori Richens does our family first segment. So I've asked her to come on and, and share some of her wisdom on communicating. But before you share your wisdom, Lori, I want you to share some things about Stephen because you're actually a new uh, client of his. You actually started working with him after hearing uh, him on our call a few weeks ago. And so wanted to you to just share your experience briefly with him and uh, then go into our Family First segment. Oh, I'm so pleased for the opportunity to do this. Yes, I listened to Stephen when he was on that phone call. And I have to say, it, it was a no-brainer when I decided to work with him. I was really anxious to do that and pleased that he gave, uh, you know, he gave a, a special promotion, actually, for people to, to step in and to, to be able to be mentored by him. And uh, I have to say, even though he has been in association with some high-profile people, he's very warm and he's very kind and he's an excellent listener, and he makes everyone feel very valuable and important. So whoever is listening, uh, I encourage you to go his direction. Uh, They won't regret it. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. Mm -hmm. So what wisdom do you have to share with us today about communication? Well, knowing that Stephen was going to be on the show, I actually want to expound on something that gave me an aha moment during my mentoring with him. So I want to pass on some of his words of wisdom. He kind of alluded to this already when he talked about the contracts that we make with ourselves, the unwritten contracts that we make. And so I know we're talking about communication, and so I want to address the communication we have with ourselves, and then tell you kind of a cool story of something that happened with our son, Dustin. So he is a successful businessman, and when he was growing up, he was kind of an awkward boy, and he didn't really find his place until later in high school when he actually became the lead singer in a play. So, Stephen, I'm sure you can appreciate that. Uh, so he had a chance to really be a a standout singer on a, on a, in a high school play. But I kept telling him, just wait until you get into college, Dustin. Just wait until you get with more professional people. Like, you're going to place your mark. You're going to find your place. And so, indeed, he did. He ended up um, being successful in college, and now he's a successful businessman. But he's been given multiple promotions, and just recently he was given another promotion, and an unusual thing happened. And when he went in, instead of them telling him what kind of a raise he was going to get, they asked him what kind of raise he wanted. And so that doesn't happen a lot. But he thought about it. He took a little bit of time. And after processing what he thought would be the typical type of raise, he actually asked for twice as much. And they gave it to him. And the reason why they gave, isn't that fantastic? It's because he asked. You and have to ask for what you want, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The reason why they, why they gave it to him is he completely believes he's worth it, mm-hmm. and he had the courage to ask for it. So he has this contract with himself that says, I'm worth this much, and this is what I'm going to be accomplishing in life, and he totally believes it. And so he's not afraid to ask. In fact, he saw Love this it. beautiful girl... 
um, at one point who happened to be lost with him at this special conference, and he just thought she was tremendous, and uh, he he wanted to pursue her, and she had an impression to to not pursue the relationship she was currently in, and went to him, and he married married her, and they have two beautiful children, and like he feels like he can conquer the world. But on the flip side, we can also have um, these contracts with ourselves that can uh, limit us. And, and I really appreciated something Stephen said. So, Stephen, I'm going to quote you here. Okay. Uh, we talked to... Okay, are you ready for this? I, I hope I got it right. But um, we were talking about how when you're older, it is not true. It's not authentic, the statement that says you cannot teach an old dog a new trick. And Stephen, what you said is it's harder for older people to make progress. In fact, I'm going to quote it. You said it's more difficult as an adult to make mistakes in order to improve and move. That's what you said. So it's not that older people can't learn to do new things. We just don't like feeling vulnerable. We don't like feeling uncomfortable. We don't like feeling childlike. And so we become hesitant and we become uh, afraid to try new things. And so you really broke it down to the basis. If that self-talk is such that we want to maintain a sense of safety and a sense of composure, then we're completely going to sabotage ourselves. So we have to get ego and pride out of the way and we have to pay attention to to the communication that we're we're giving ourselves. And I'm just going to finish with this this single statement that my father used to say. He used to say, perfection is the enemy of good enough. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. I really appreciated it's not just profound. Perfection is the enemy of good enough. Sometimes we just need to give what we have and then continue to stay on the path of improvement and not worry about perfection. Mm-hmm. And as I've been working with you, Stephen, as you point out areas where I can improve and, and areas where I can look at it and be really real and raw with myself, it's very freeing and it gives me permission to feel vulnerable and to be willing to try new things. So, uh, Stephen, you are excellent in that capacity, and I encourage anyone who's listening to take advantage of, of your training and of your mentoring. And parents, breathe life into your children and help them to know their worth early on so they won't be afraid to ask what they're worth. Hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Lori. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this, Rochelle? You know, I was just thinking of a story. Um, well, first of all, perfection is, yes, it's an enemy. I used to try to be perfect all the time, but excellence, when you strive for excellence, it's so much better. But I was thinking of a story, I mean, something that happened to me when I was um, in my HR career. And I was going to school and I got my degree and I walked into my boss's office and I'm like, okay, what now? I have my degree, I need a promotion, and I need X amount of money. And he looked at me. And sure enough, uh, when reviews came around, I got the promotion, (laughs) and I got that amount of money. And I was in um, the office of the compensation director, and she's like, I don't know why, but he said, this is the the number that you're going to get, because I told him, and I walked in there. Yep, (laughs) you, you need to ask for what you want. And I had sheer confidence. I was just like, this is it. <laughs> so so here's here's a question yeah. for you. This yeah. is what I would like to know from you, Stephen. Hearing that story, Rochelle, that's an incredible story. When it comes to communicating with confidence, what's the key to doing that? Because sometimes 
I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes we don't feel confident. And right. as much as we love to feel confident, you know, it's like what comes first, the cart or the horse? And sometimes I think we need to communicate confidently so we feel more confidently. So what's the difference between somebody who, and really, again, there's three, I've always been taught there's three components to communicating, and that's words, so the words you say, body language, and then tonality. So I, I think that's probably your really area, real area of expertise, Stephen, but how do, you, how do you communicate confidently? What's your tip for that? Sure. Well, I, I first want to just take a step backward and uh, give kudos to Lori, who I think is just, uh, just the real deal and top-notch, and I feel so blessed to be working with her. And I've read uh, a chapter of her book, and it's uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, you're going to definitely want to follow Lori and what she does, and she's a beautiful person with some deep understanding. So, um, thank you, Allison. I thank agree. You, thank you, Lori. Yeah. You're amazing. And thank Rochelle, you. thank you. <laughs> yeah, why, I'm thanking everybody. So <laughs> that too. Um, but but y- 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 you know, there's another there's another component a great communication, which is, and this is the answer to your question for me, which is belief, okay? Mm. We have to believe something's true, even if we don't believe it's true. Now, I'll I'll elaborate on that, but there's a sense that we all have that we can all relate to. You know that there's times in your lives when you've said something from such an unequivocating space that it is like your passionate belief, your passionate value, you know, like if it's, if it's, you know, I know this can be a sensitive topic, but if your belief is you don't hit kids, then not hitting kids is like really important to you. It's not so-so. So there's a level of belief about that. If, if your belief is, if, if you're um, a person who, uh, is someone who has a deep connection to God. It's not a so-so connection. It's God is. It's, it's, it's core. And there's a way of working with your inner world so that whatever you have to say becomes core, and you need to find mm-hmm. out what allows you to do that. If you need to stand there and talk to yourself before you go in and say, you know, I'm going to ask for this because this amount of money mm-hmm. because I deserve this one amount of money. Uh, you don't believe that. Well, yes, I do. No, you don't. Uh, this is your own conversation, by the way. Um, well, are you good at what you do? Yes. Do you bring value to their company? How much money do you make them? You know, uh, you, you got to until, well, um, maybe I, I guess I, I guess I am. I do have that value, you, you know, and that's just one of 80,000 different uh, ways of approaching the belief, but you must go in with unequivocating belief, even if you're nervous, even if all that stuff is going on. Intense belief is not mutually exclusive with feeling nerves in your body. It's only when we feel that we shouldn't feel nervous physiological effects that um, that we use our energy to try to push those away mm-hmm. so that we can feel like something's a wow. strong belief of ours. No, the wow. two can exist. So yeah. feel nervous and believe 
and go in and be unequivocal, at least at that moment, when you say, this is what I want. And there might have to be some tongue biting so that you don't backstep. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to learn how to state things and then stop. I mean, there's numerous ways to do that. But what it comes down to is making a clear statement of fact and need or desire or belief or something that will put you instead of in two minds, which you can take literally one mind saying, yes, I want this, and the other mind saying you don't deserve it. You have to be of one mind. You have to be mm. single-minded of yeah. purpose. And those, all those sayings are not idly constructed. They, they, they are about the truth of human experience. I love that. And we've got some great comments here. Um, we've got one. Oh, man, we've got so many good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to trying to get close so I can see it. So, what is it? Songwriting Shanes has a lot of great comments. Real communication comes from your own core, your wholehearted belief in, on the topic. Unwavering belief. Yep. Renee says, our thoughts and our beliefs are critical to our actions. So, so true. Um, really, really striking a lot of chords here. So, uh, love having you on here, Stephen. So we have a limited amount of time. We've already heard from Lori, who, of course, is a recent student of yours. We've heard uh, about some of your other students, Drew Barrymore, uh, uh, Justin Long, just you have a a huge long list. What does it look like to work with you? Um, Because what I'm hearing from you is a lot of this belief breakthrough stuff, a lot of the mindset. What does it look like to actually work with you? Well, you know, that's evolved a lot. It depends on what somebody comes to me for. If somebody's just coming to me for voice lessons and they don't know anything about the other, they still get this other stuff. I just hide it. Yeah. You give them them what they want. I mean, you, you, uh, yeah, you're giving them, yeah, right. (laughs) Right. What what is that quote? Tell them what they want, give them what they want. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Okay, thank you. I'm glad I'm I'm surrounded by people who uh, remember quotes like that. I'm like, you know that one quote about that one thing? So, um, yeah, so what does that look like, though? It's it's a good question because it, 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 everybody does need something different, but they need something different to get to the same place. Mm -hmm. And that place is where you experience a sense of unity in everything you do, where you feel like whole as you walk through the world, speak your mind, express yourself from an authentic place. And everybody has various ways that they fragment themselves. And this is right here, that's not right there, and they divide themselves up. So we're trying to get there. But working with somebody is really about um, getting together and exploring what they experience as their needs first. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, of course, am always listening and paying attention and and formulating ideas based on what they're saying to me. But, But a person that tells you what they need and you then say to yourself or to them, I know better and this is what you must do first, you're not getting inside, right? Mm-hmm. The, the door is not going to open for you. So the most important thing first is for somebody to feel like they're heard and like you understand what they want to achieve, and that's going to affect my way of working. Yeah. I have so many tools and so much experience that I can both give 
the broader uh, elements uh, that I think are important for everyone, mm-hmm. but at the same time, be very directive to satisfy their goals and yeah. keep in mind their goals so that right. at the end of working together, they feel like their need has been addressed. Yeah, well, and I, I, I love this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna have yeah. to, I'm gonna have to kind of cut you off here a little bit because we've only got about sure. 90 seconds, and I want people <laughs> to hear how they can actually work with you because I've got a lot of speakers uh, that listen to the show. I've got a lot of people that are going to okay. listen to the Facebook Live rerun. So, or it's, there's a couple of people on now that might be interested in that. So we literally have about 60 seconds left, but you have been so generous I'll do it. and have offered uh, something that you've offered nowhere else before except for on my other call, and Lori took advantage of that and a couple other people. So I know you have limited spots. What is it that you are offering people? Okay, first of all, everybody write down this number, 818-481-3176. That's 818-481-3176. If you want to talk to me about this, uh, the offer, call me or text me, or you can email me at Stephen at stephenmemel.com. That's Stephen with a V. Memel is M-E-M-E-L. Stephen at stephenmemel.com. If, when I tell you what's available, you even are curious, get on the phone with me. I'm not going to hard sell you. You'll find out something about yourself from our conversation. It'll be worth your time for us to talk for a few minutes. So don't hesitate. Use me. Okay? And here's what I would say. Just listen to your intuition if you feel drawn at all. Uh, Give Stephen a call. If you are a speaker, if you are in media, if you are somebody who uh, is in front of groups of people and want to communicate more clearly, uh, definitely go ahead and do that. Um, So, Stephen, final thoughts? We've got about 30 seconds left. Okay. So the final thoughts is... I'm doing a class that uh, is a four-week class that's called Instant Authority, and in that, I take people from whatever level they're at. Do not say, cancel yourself out because you think, oh, he works with two big people. I'm interested in people who want to grow. It's a four-week class where we create Instant Authority, and the, 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 it's about developing a voice that commands more attention, that commands more respect, and also developing it in a way so that you feel like it truly reflects who you are wow. at core. This is about so you powerful. being empowered. So powerful. So and I, I, wow, you guys, is. you have the opportunity to work with somebody who's worked with Drew Barrymore, Adam Levine, Justin Long, just gave out his number on the radio <laughs> show. So definitely <laughs> take advantage of that. Too. Ask Everyone what you it. want. <laughs> Ask what you want. So I uh, contact contact Steve. Okay, they're, they're, they're going to cut us off. So I've got to go now. Yeah. Big shout out to my Voice America team. Thank you so much for making this radio show possible. Big Yay. shout out to Stephen Memo, Lori Richens, Shell Rodriguez. If you aren't following these people, follow them, get in their circle. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.